Our topic this morning is the greatest mystery of all time. You know, there's a lot of mysteries in this world, things that we don't understand about our universe. Um, But uh, we're not going to talk about those kinds of things. We're not going to talk about your favorite detective stories either. But rather, um, when we think about mysteries in the Bible, um, the New Testament uses the Greek word mysterion, where we get our word mystery from, about 20 times or so. And in the, uh, the general usage of the word, refers to something that's beyond natural knowledge. Something beyond our human ability to to understand in and of ourselves or even gathering all the wisdom that we have in this world that we cannot understand. Um, Some of these things in the Bible remain a mystery. There are things that we will never fully understand because we are finite and God is infinite. And so there are things about There are verses such as in Isaiah that remind us God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are not our thoughts and so on. However, most often in the New Testament when it talks about mysteries, it's really actually talking about mysteries that are now opened to us by the Holy Spirit. And so a mystery is is really a mystery that is now revealed. It is um, realized and come to reality through Christ and revealed by the Spirit of God to those who believe in Jesus. And so there are things in the Bible that are mysteries that are now no longer hidden secrets, but are revealed to us in the Word of God. One example, Colossians uses the word mystery a few times. And in Colossians 1.26, Paul writes about the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. And he goes on to say the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's an amazing thing, something that is revealed by the Spirit and brought to reality through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now here in Ephesians chapter 3, the mystery is described as the mystery of Christ in 3 verse 4. Christ is the center of the mystery of the gospel, the good news that is now revealed to us in the word of God. And Paul is going to expand on that, and we're going to talk about that when we get into the text. But because we're talking about a mystery, I'm going to leave it a mystery for now until we get to there. I think it's the thing that I want to bring out as we come to the text is just that we might praise God for those things that were veiled in the Old Testament that have been made reality in Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 tells us, all the promises of God 
our yes in Him. Jesus Christ has brought what is a mystery, what is a secret to what is now ours in Him. So the mystery is now revealed in Christ. And we're also going to see that the mystery is proclaimed through us by the Spirit. So as we get into Ephesians 3, we're going to look at the big picture of the gospel. And I hope that we can see our part in the mystery of the gospel. Because as, as much as the, the gospel is so much bigger than us, God has also involved us in his plan of salvation. This is something that ought to humble and amaze us. But at the same time, I hope that it encourages you as we look at God's word that we have this wonderful news to proclaim to the world around us. Let's uh, read now Ephesians chapter 3, and I will read um, verses 1 to 13. Ephesians uh, 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, now the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Everything with Paul was about Christ. Everything he did was done for Christ. And so we read in verse 1 that he was in prison because of his relationship with Jesus and his commitment to the gospel. The good news which Christ had called him to preach to the Gentiles. Paul's life revolved around the gospel and this 
wonderful truth that Christ, in Christ, we are all together by faith in him, one family, one people. And uh, so Paul begins in verse one. For this reason, I, Paul, prisoner of Christ on behalf of the Gentiles, and then he kind of breaks off his thought there to share something else. And he'll pick up for this reason, I, Paul, again in verse 14, where he goes on to pray a prayer for the church. But our sermon today is focused on this, I don't know, detour, you might say, where in verses 12, or 2, sorry, to 13, um, he talks about his ministry to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. This is one of those times where getting sidetracked can be a very good thing. Um, if you know me at all, you probably realize I probably get sidetracked sometimes. I don't know. Ramble on a little bit. This is uh, directed by the Spirit of God. And so there's some wonderful things in here that uh, to, for us to, to learn and to be encouraged by that we wouldn't have if he'd just gone right into his prayer. It's not really clear um, exactly why Paul stopped to write this. Um, but verse 13 indicates um, that he wanted to encourage them not to be discouraged by his imprisonment, by what was going on because of his commitment to the gospel. And um, so what does Paul do for those that might be discouraged, that might be losing heart, because of Paul's imprisonment on, for the sake of Christ, he shares with us really the bigger picture of the gospel. And, um, see, there you go, I get on a rabbit trail. and I, no, It's not a rabbit trail, but he presents us with this bigger picture and encourages us with the mystery of the gospel. And also the privilege of our ministry to proclaim the gospel. A humble reminder, the mystery of the gospel is bigger than us, but it also involves us, and God involves us in his work. Just a brief outline of the passage. In verse 2, Paul tells us his responsibility, his ministry. Then in verses 3 to 6, he talks about the mystery of Christ before he comes back to his ministry to proclaim the, the, the gospel in verses 7 through uh, 13. And so I'm going to actually take Paul's ministry together. So we're going to talk about verse 2 together with verses 7 to 13. And then we'll talk and conclude with the mystery of Christ. In verse 2, when Paul is speaking of his ministry, one of the first things that he highlights for us is grace. You can see this in verse 2, verse 7, and verse 8. Grace was given to Paul to be stewarded. Now, what is the job of a steward? A steward was one who took care of the master's things, what was entrusted to him, he was responsible to take care of, to use to, if it was money, it was to increase, to invest in his 
um, his uh, inheritance and to, uh, to build wealth. If it was to take care of the home, it was to take care of it well, to maintain it, to employ the servants into doing what they were called, uh, what they needed to do to keep the house tidy. And uh, so Paul says here that he is a steward given grace from God, favor from God, to extend that grace to the non-Jew, the, the Gentile. Now, was that Paul's job only, to be a steward to minister grace to one another? I want to read to you 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. Where, in, where Peter says in verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. And so the scriptures tell us that we too are given grace from God to take care of, to steward that grace in the things that we say and the things that we do. And God has given people different gifts so that they might serve one another in love. Verse 7 tells us that Paul was made a minister or a servant according to the gift of God's grace. To be saved is not just to be saved by grace, but to be enlisted in the service of God's grace. And we're not just left to somehow push God's grace into people's lives as if that, that is something that we could do, but the Spirit of God empowers us by grace to preach and live the gospel of grace. Now, that's a lot of responsibility. And Paul, in particular, was tasked as an apostle to the Gentiles to proclaim the gospel. Was Paul a proud man? Well, I think he, there was a struggle there. In 2 Corinthians, he says that God has allowed a messenger of Satan to torment him, to keep him humble because of the great responsibility he had. But it's wonderful to see his example here in verse 8, where he considers himself to be the least of all the saints. He puts himself not just on the same level, but actually below. He says, no, it's only God's grace that has put me where I am, and it's his grace that enables me to do the great work that is a great work. He's, he calls it um, to proclaim the unspeakable or the unsearchable riches of Christ. That is an amazing thing. But Paul 
reminds us that it is all of grace. And so he is able to be humble. It's not Paul, it's not you, it's not me that is working in people's hearts and lives. It's a work of God's grace. And so we are called to be humble in the work that God gives us to do. To recognize that it's only because he has saved us and and brought us to himself. And it's only because his spirit is working in our lives that God is doing a work. God promises to strengthen us by his grace for something bigger than ourselves. In verses 9 and 10, we see that Paul was made a minister for a purpose to bring God's hidden plan to light so that God would be glorified in his people. Verse 10 brings this so far beyond us. It says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. In a similar passage, 1 Peter 1, 10-12 speaks of things into which angels Long to look. That word longing to look, it literally means like stooping down to look. There's an action involved in a seeking and a looking, a searching involved. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 9, Paul says that the, we, the apostles, have been made a spectacle to the world and to angels. We often don't think beyond what is seen, but it, it would seem that we have a far bigger audience than we realize. Passages like Ephesians 3 and 1 Peter 1 indicate that God has a bigger plan and purpose in his church. And that he is revealing his glory and his grace to angelic beings as they watch the unfolding of God's plan in us. And this is all to the glory of God. Verse 11 and 12, we see that God's purposes are realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is in Jesus that God's purposes come to pass. They are made reality. And the result in verse 12 is that we have boldness and open access to God through faith in Christ. Isn't that encouraging? We have boldness and open access to the Father through Faith in Christ. But do we make use of that access? How does the news that God has uh, allowed us to, through Christ, come to him 
openly at any time. How does that news change the way that you approach your ministry to one another? And I mean when I say your ministry. As a ministry is simply service unto the Lord. We are all called to serve him as his disciples. Do you begin to see how much greater our calling is than we ever imagined? The ministry of proclaiming the gospel is so much bigger than us. God is displaying his glory and grace, not only to us, but to the world, to the unseen world. In our weaknesses, for it is all his grace. And so living and proclaiming the gospel is just as much a work of God's grace as salvation. God's grace continues to work in and through us for his glory. It's amazing to me that the primary goal for which Paul was preaching was not just, he doesn't say, talk about our happiness or our personal salvation, uh, although our happiness And our salvation is found in the Lord. But the goal described here is that the manifold witness of wisdom of God would be made known by the church. We don't often think about that. And I think that ought to humble us. But also, I hope that it encourages you to see that this is something greater than us. The gospel isn't just about you. It's not just about me at all. But God does intimately involve you and choose you and make you his. And he continues to show forth his grace in and through us that all the world might stand in awe of the God who is rich in mercy and full of grace, all-powerful and able to save us from our sins, completely wise and just in all of his dealings with the world, so that no one may boast save in the Lord. In light of this great ministry, we ought to consider then what the text says about the mystery of Christ. Verse 3 tells us that it was made known by revelation from God. God is the source, not man. And God is the revealer, not man. But verse 4 tells us the the great news that the believer in Christ be able to perceive Paul's insight into this mystery. For though the mystery was not previously made known to man, it was hidden for generations. 
Though the prophets of old spoke of things, things which they did not understand in full. Yet now the mystery has been fully revealed by the Spirit through the apostles and prophets of the New Testament. We might also know these things. To read a text I already alluded to where it speaks of things into which angels long to look. Peter speaks in Peter 1 verse 10 concerning this salvation. The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was your was to be yours searched. They inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicated when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them. So they were things were revealed to them. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Those things into which angels long to look. And so the mystery has now been revealed. And that greatest mystery is that God's plan of salvation involves all peoples. I want to read verse 6. I'll read the full verse here. The, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The great mystery of the gospel now revealed is that all people can become a part of the family of God in Christ. Now, to many of us, we read that and we think to ourselves, well, that's not much of a mystery. I know Jew and Gentile, male and female, and slave and free, they're all, you know, can come to the Father through Christ. Let's move on to some new material. Stop and think for a moment how staggering this would have been. It's not a joke when they, when, when Paul says and Peter says that this was not revealed until Christ. Though it was foreshadowed, though it was spoken of, it was veiled. In the Old Testament, for Christ did not come. Now, I do want to be clear. It's not as though they were saved by the law in the Old Testament. And then all along comes Christ. And now now we can be saved by grace. And so everybody can come. It's not no longer by your works, but it's by grace. Salvation has always been by grace through faith. Noah and Abraham and Rahab and Ruth and David, Moses. All of them were saved by grace, not by anything which they had done. And yet, it is very clear that in the Old Testament, under the law, God had set down that the Gentile, that he, the Jewish people were his chosen nation. 
And so the Gentile, in order to be a part of the covenant community, the family, though they didn't use that term very much, of God, the Gentile had to become Jewish. They were called, they need to be circumcised and, and on and on and, and all these things. For God had not yet revealed that the full plan of salvation to him. You know, I don't know that I can do full measure to you in a couple of minutes to what I believe about this or make it explain it well to you. I hope you don't become hung up on my words, but that you can see in the scriptures that uh, there was much that was not yet known, that was not made reality until Christ came. So just though the sufferings of Christ and subsequent glories were prophesied of, they were not understood until the Spirit of God came and has made it known to us, made it clear to us, through the apostles and prophets and their teachings of what Christ has done. If you've got questions, feel free to ask me afterwards. The great mystery here is that Jew and Gentile are on equal footing before the cross. And through Christ and his death and resurrection... Those who have faith in him are also raised to an equal standing in the heavens in Christ. Now, praise God that this is so because of what Jesus has done. That the mystery of the gospel is so much bigger than just us. It's so much bigger than just one nation, but a people of many nations. And we have this wonderful privilege of proclaiming the great mystery that in Christ there is salvation, a place for God's people, in God, God's people and his family, for those who believe. I hope that this humbles you. We have, I, in my own life, allow salvation to become so much about me. It, I, I care more about my own happiness and salvation. And I think we often slip into a very individual, it's a society we live in, that we, um, we think in those terms, rather than the greatness that it's so much beyond us. We are now a part of a family, in Christ. And could there possibly be a greater message to proclaim to the world? That it is not a particular group that you must become, that you must follow these laws and do these things, but that you might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Do we delight 
in this good news. I encourage you not to lose heart. We have the greatest mystery, the greatest news of all time. God's plan of salvation involves all peoples through faith in Christ. Not every person, but all peoples. Praise God. The gospel is so much bigger than us. His glory is so far beyond. And what was once a secret hidden in the mind of God, veiled, is now a great mystery revealed in Christ and proclaimed by his people. I want to close with 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Knowing these things, I urge you as my brothers and sisters in Christ, those of which I am the least, that we would steward the grace of God that has been given to us and proclaim the good news of salvation to all peoples. May the grace of God be with you all as you go and steward his grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, come before you um, and we confess that we're, we're often not as amazed. We often do not think of salvation as as great as it truly is. There is much that we yet do not understand. We pray for a greater understanding of the mystery of the gospel. And we thank you that it is not a hidden secret, but that by your spirit we can know you. Thank you that in Christ all your promises come to pass. We just ask for the grace to, um, to live and to preach this good news um, in your strength. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.